how we got here with the Washington Commanders and where we are going. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Just go to jointsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. And from there, you can text me during the games, any time of day, any time of night, ask your questions, get your answers. I get a little bit more insight into what's going on and how the show is created. I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82, credentialed member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers, you can bet $5 and you'll get $200 in bonus bets Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. On today's episode, we're going to peek into the future and look at the trajectory of the Washington Commanders, do some Washington Commanders superlatives as well after the first quarter of the season. But first, we've got to talk about where we have come from before we can talk about where we are going with this year's Washington Commanders team. Uh, kind of a weird way of doing this. This is our second quarter preview, but of course, the first game of the second quarter has already taken place Thursday night football, week five. Uh, but this, you know, because of the timing of it, basically had to do drop the preview episode after the game. But before we look ahead, we've got to look at where we came from. Uh, we predicted a 2-2 two and two record coming out of the first four games of the season. Hope for a 3-1, and 4-0 would have been an absolute blast. Uh, but we did get the uh, the record right there, 2-2, two and two, for what it's worth. Um, and, and, and we predicted a nine-win season overall. We'll talk about that more here in just a little bit. I remember in the comments of uh, the comment section, live chat, Twitter, can't remember exactly where, but I know a lot of people felt like this could be a 10 or an 11 win team, uh, depending on how the roster performed. And I would say that the roster is certainly talent wise. You look at it and it should have the talent of a 10 or 11 win team. But as we saw in week one against Arizona Cardinals, certainly in week five against the Chicago Bears, uh, having the names, having the talent on the roster is not enough. You've got to go out there and you've got to produce. And beginning of week one, the Washington Commanders did not produce uh, as well as maybe they could have or even should have. They did beat the Arizona Cardinals, won 20-16, a four-point win uh, in week one at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Much closer win than it should have been, uh, and it required a 10-0 fourth quarter to win that game by those four points. Sam Howell, uh, in that game, completed 19 of his 31 passes, 202 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Of course, also had the fumble that was returned immediately for a touchdown. Running back Brad Robinson had a season-high 19 carries for 59 yards and caught Howell's only touchdown throw of the game. Montez Sweat came out of the gates pretty strong with a sack and a half on Cardinals quarterback Joshua Dobbs. Week two uh, started much worse than week one did. Uh, the Denver Broncos jumping up to jumping out to a twenty-one to three lead, uh, but Washington did end up there earning its second straight fourth quarter comeback, winning thirty-five to thirty-three despite a late hail mary from Russell Wilson that certainly made the game a little bit more entertaining at the end than it needed to be. Howell did earn a one hundred eight point eight quarterback rating. QBR completed 27 of 39 of his passes and threw for 299 yards, just one shy of his first career 300-yard passing game uh, in the Washington Commanders' second win of the season. Robinson carried the ball for 18 times and got 87 yards and two touchdowns. So if you, your uh, fantasy roster is certainly happy with that if you had him uh, slotted in a starting spot. Wide receiver Terry McLaurin had five catches 
for 54 yards and a touchdown as well. Despite the terrible defensive start by the Washington Commanders, both Montez Sweat and Chase Young uh, ended up with a, a sack and a half each. And the Commanders defense allowed only 24.25 yards per drive on Denver's last eight possessions after surrounding an average of 75.3 on the first three possessions. And rookie cornerback Emmanuel Forbes got his first career interception in that game. Week three was bad to begin with like Denver, but unlike Denver, did not end very well. Washington got its first loss of the season, falling 37-3 to to the Buffalo Bills. Easily Sam Howell's worst game in the National Football League. Uh, completed 19 of his 29 pass attempts, threw for 170 yards, threw four interceptions, earning a 41.5 quarterback rating. Uh, and coming out of that game, you guys will remember all the conversation was about, you know, is the game too fast for Sam Howell? Is he processing too much? Do you think too much? And Sam kept telling us, that's not who I am as an NFL quarterback. That's not who I'm going to be. I will be better. And he certainly was better. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Brian Robinson, meanwhile, had 70 yards rushing. But only 10 carries. If you remember, that's the game we talked about. He only had 20 snaps total. Defensively, Washington didn't get to Josh Allen for even one sack, while Kendall Fuller came down with one interception, his first of the year uh, for him. Week four, a better game overall, uh, but the same result, unfortunately. The Commanders did lose 34-31 to to the Philadelphia Eagles in overtime. Sam Howell came in with a 98.6 quarterback rating, completed 29 of his 41 pass attempts, threw for 290 yards and one touchdown pass. That went to Jahan Dotson at the end of regulation to tie the ball game, take us into overtime. Meanwhile, Brian Robinson, he had 14 carries, racked up 45 yards and a touchdown in the process. Terry McLaurin came through with eight catches for 88 yards, but could not find the end zone. And as far as I'm concerned, should have had nine catches for over 100 yards because that sideline catch in overtime should have been ruled a completion, but it wasn't. That's how uh, things go, unfortunately, sometimes. Washington's defense got the Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts three times, but they did not turn him over once. They did force one fumble against the Eagles offense, but they did not recover it. Philly linebacker Nicholas Morrow, by the way, or meanwhile, sacked Sam Howell three times all by himself. And that's how uh, the commanders come out of the first quarter of the season at two and two, 500, which we had discussed again ahead of the season. That's basically par for the course. You know, you look at the Arizona Cardinals are expected to be, you know, towards the top of the NFL draft when that comes around next year. Uh, Denver Broncos had a very, very bad season. Uh, a year ago, Russell Wilson did not look very good. And, you know, while they brought in Sean Payton, the conversation basically, how long is it going to take for Sean Payton uh, to really impact that roster and what's going on with that team? And uh, going through five weeks, apparently it's going to take a little while longer because they're not looking uh, very good. But then, of course, you have the Buffalo Bills, who have been to multiple AFC championship games over the years, certainly a favorite out of the AFC to be a contender to go to the Super Bowl. And the Philadelphia Eagles, who just got done playing in the Super Bowl. And even though the Washington Panthers beat them, in their home stadium of one year ago, uh, Monday Night Football, you just that's never going to be an easy competition and uh, and certainly a game that most people felt like the Eagles probably lost versus the Commanders winning even a year ago. But came out of that game, the Philadelphia Eagles game, did have the loss, but people still very excited about what they got to see. Uh, but I think out of the two and two, you don't come out excited, but you don't come out disappointed. The way Washington got to two and two, certainly a mixed bag. Uh, but again, coming out of Philly, there was certainly optimism on both sides of the ball, I think. Uh, and unfortunately, that optimism was not met by a positive performance in week five. Uh, and that kicked off uh, quarter two of the 2023 NFL season. We will take a look at the rest of quarter two of the 2023 season coming to next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by FanDuel Snap in action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you get $200 in bonus bets. 
guaranteed whenever you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Doesn't matter what you bet that first $5 on. When it's done, when it, whether you won your bet or you lost your bet, you will get $200 in bonus bets and you can play uh, that on other things like the Commanders, who are two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the three-and-two Atlanta Falcons this weekend uh, as the lines open up over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. An over-under of 42 points for the game. So that over-under means that they're projecting that both the Commanders and Falcons will combine for 42 points. You go over that or under that. And if you're right, you make a little bit of money. I think I'd take you over right now. That's 21-21. I think I could certainly see this game being 24-21, 27-23, something in that ballpark, uh, even though both teams are averaging fewer points than that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So if you're new, sign up, head over, drop a $5 bet on whatever you feel like, commanders or otherwise. And once that bet settles, you will get $200 in bonus bets. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen today and every day. Every day, thank you again for coming through consistently like you do. Tomorrow, we've got another AAR episode. I've already started diving into film from week five. I do it so that you don't have to do it. And then a mailbag episode coming up on Wednesday. So if you want to send in a question for the mailbag episode on Wednesday, drop it in YouTube comments. Send them to me on Twitter at dharrison 82 or just text me. Become a Locked On Commander Insider, Commander's Insider at jointsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. Just text me your question and we'll get it on the show. Football season is here and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live every Friday. Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. E- 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batista, Harvest Davis, uh, Harvest, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel, including Locked On Commanders. So this segment, this is where we're going to project the Commanders' second quarter using what we've seen in the first quarter to predict what we might see. And again, uh, ahead of this episode, when I teased it last week, I told you guys the second quarter preview episode was going to have to drop after the Bears game. But I was already telling you that I'm predicting the Commanders to beat the Bears because I think pretty much everybody predicted the Commanders to beat the Bears. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick on Amazon Prime's Thursday Night Coverage did not predict the Commanders to beat the Bears. Uh, I'm sure that he did so simply out of X's and O's, and there's nothing personal about that whatsoever. Unfortunately. Uh, a career day for quarterback Justin Fields and receiver DJ Moore, both Chicago Bears, dismantled all the predictions and all of the hopes and all the aspirations and expectations that the commanders were going to be able to start three and two, stay ahead of the chain, so to speak, stay above 500, not go below 500. Instead, uh, the Washington Bears now two and three, and I am 0 and 1 in the second quarter because that's my first L of the second quarter. Uh, and it's also my first game pick loss covering the Washington Commanders this season. So, that leaves us three games in the second quarter to look at, starting with this weekend's matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Week six at the Atlanta Falcons, the first of two road games back-to-back for the Washington Commanders. You have two home games, two road games in the second quarter. Again, obviously the Bears game at home. You've got Philly at home, and then you've got two road games to the Falcons and the two, the New York Giants. Offensively, the Falcons are best when they're running the ball. They're averaging 4.08 yards per play right now, ranking 19th in the National Football League, which still isn't great, but that's where they're the strongest. Atlanta is giving up sacks on 10.19% of 
of their pass attempts, converting only or just around 40% of their third downs while averaging 16.6 points per game. So those are all numbers that you look at and you say, okay, this commander's defense should be able to do pretty well against that type of an offense. Defensively, the Atlanta Falcons are doing much better, giving up only 5.93 yards per pass and 3.76 yards per run. Uh, the Falcons defense also only giving up 19.2 points per game, top 10 in the league. But if you look at it, their defense is giving up 19.2 points per game. Their offense is scoring 16.6. So the scoring ratio, they're obviously getting outscored by and large, but they're still three and two. So they have still won more games, which means the games are losing. They're losing by more than obviously the games that they're winning. Now, this is a highly bend, don't break type of defense, right? They give up yards, they give up first downs, but then they try not to let you into the end zone to keep the score down. However, they rank last in sacks per pass attempt in the NFL, and they're intercepting less than 2% of the passes that they face. Uh, again, you know, we, we thought we were we were done with the days of the Washington Commanders being a team's get-right game, but we've seen, you know, already this year that teams come in and they get more sacks in one game than they've had all season. Um, they 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 don't give up any sacks, even though they've been giving up sacks. They don't turn the ball over, even though they've been turning the ball over. So, you know, it, it's it's where the Washington Commanders are right now. The question as we move forward is, do we expect the Washington Commanders to basically stay in that wheelhouse? As a quarter preview, I would say that Washington certainly has the ability to beat the Falcons, right? They have the ability to do it. Just a matter of whether or not they go out there and execute, just like it was with the Bears, just like it was with the Cardinals, the Broncos. Even the Eagles. I mean, you look at the Buffalo Bills. Really, the Buffalo Bills are the only team that have come out and just completely dismantled the Washington Commanders, where you don't look at them and say, you made all these mistakes. Now, Sam Howell, granted, made a lot of mistakes against the Buffalo Bills. But then you look at the Chicago Bears defense or Chicago Bears game, uh, again, going back to that, and I've been watching it, it's mistakes. It's mistakes by the Washington Commanders, mostly defense, uh, giving the Chicago Bears things that they did not necessarily go out there and earn, or if they completed a six-yard pass, giving up another, I don't know, 20 yards that turn a six-yard pass into a 26-yard pass, uh, things like that. So talent is there. We'll have to see whether or not the Washington Commanders can get the uh, the talent to to match the, the production and the work on the field this weekend. Uh, an interesting anecdotal thing really doesn't actually impact the game, but just something to note, Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter has never lost at home in a college or an NFL start. So uh, Washington Commanders try to make a little bit of Desmond Ritter history, uh, so to speak, in week six. After Atlanta, the Commanders, like I said before, stay on the road. Uh, they face the New York Giants next there, then back home for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'd like to be a little bit more confident with the second quarter uh, coming up. But uh, and, and prior, honestly, to the Chicago Bears game, I would have come in predicting 3-1. I would have predicted uh, the Chicago Bears uh, a win, the Atlanta Falcons a win, the New York Giants a win, and then probably predict the Philadelphia with a loss, hoping for a win there. Uh, as well, but I probably would have predicted it as a loss just because they're the Philadelphia Eagles and they've had their own struggles. But, uh, you know, in four weeks, they just like the Washington Mayors will have time to work out some of those struggles. But I think after what we've seen in the first quarter of the season, the struggles against the Buffalo Bills, even some of the struggles against Philadelphia Eagles early, the struggles early against the Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals offensively, uh, and then, you know, uh, what happened to the Chicago Bears. I think you have to come in predicting a two and two second quarter and, you know, uh, I think it, when you when you come out of Thursday night football without loss to the Chicago Bears, I think if I tell you that you're going to finish, you're going to win two of the next three and finish the second quarter two and two and come into the midway point of the season at four and four, I think you'll take that at this point, right? I think that's something that you will be uh, okay taking because let's let's be honest, the Chicago Bears one of the worst teams in the National Football League so far this year. So the Atlanta Falcons are a winning football team. The New York Giants are bad, but even they 
uh, haven't been as bad as the Chicago Bears, although recently the Giants have definitely been worse than the Chicago Bears. Um, and then the Philadelphia Eagles, again, they're, they're having their own struggles here and there, but they're certainly 5-0 uh, for a reason. So going with that, I think 2-2 two two for the second quarter, 4-4 four and four coming into the midway part of the season, I think that's your most realistic uh, option. And I think just like we kind of talked about 2-2 two and two to begin the season, I think 4-4 four and four at this point with what we've seen, I think you you feel okay with that. Now, going into the rest of the season and the schedule with what we've seen so far and projecting a four and four first half uh, of the season, I see five more wins on the schedule for the Washington Commanders offense. So I'm keeping my projection for the season at nine and eight, but it's it's a different. So while the number is the same, the, the number is the same. The reason we get to that number is certainly different. Uh, and it could have been 10 or even 11 wins if Washington is able to pull out the win over Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and then certainly if they're able to beat the Chicago Bears, I think we feel a little bit more confident going in, uh, bumping up to that 10 or even that 11 win mark. I don't know if that's encouraging or not. I don't know, uh, you know if that's discouraging. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the live chat. I'll be checking both at a later time. But that is our second, season, second quarter preview. Again, already lost to the Bears. I am projecting a, a possible win against the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Giants and then a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not this team makes good on their potential, just like it always is, right? So how, let's get into some first quarter superlatives to wrap up this uh, first first quarter recap, second quarter preview. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job for free and then slap that purple hashtag hiring frame onto your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. After that, take advantage of simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. Those tools and how easy it is to post your job opening are just two of the reasons small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Time now for some first quarter superlatives. Coming out of the first quarter of the Washington Commander season, two and two, uh, I decided, you know, look, I'm going to include week five in this because it happened and I'm not just going to pretend it didn't happen. Uh, I would love to compartmentalize things and say, you know, well, let's only focus on the first four weeks, but you're not living in that reality, so let's not live in that reality. And we're going to start off with the Offensive Player of the Year. The Washington Commander's Offensive Player of the Year, right now, I think it has to be quarterback Sam Howell, right? First year starting quarterback, uh, comes in, you know, winning three, hit three of his first three starts. You know, now he's three and three as a starter. So we'll see if, if he can stay above 500 personally. Uh, obviously, he's more important, more concerned with the team's record than his own personal record, but uh, still want to see how he bounces back from this. And, and, you know, it's it's just kind of this weird turn where all of a sudden the last two weeks, specifically, I mean, the Bills, they gave up a lot of points, but the offense didn't do anything. The Denver Broncos game, you know, both the offense defense started slow, but then you look at these last two weeks, and even though the offense started slow uh, against Chicago Bears as well, certainly picked it up later. And it's 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 a team that's supposed to be led by the defense, but now these last couple of weeks, you look at it, you say, man, if, the, if this offense doesn't put up 30, 40 points, this defense may not win. That's a lot to put 
uh, on the shoulders of a first-year starting quarterback. So uh, through five games, Sam has completed 68.6% of his passes, 131 for 191. He's thrown for 1,349 yards, six touchdowns, six interceptions, 86 overall QBR, which an 86 QBR is not bad. Um, not bad at all. Two fourth quarter comebacks this season, two game winning drives this season, third most passing yards by a Washington quarterback five weeks in since 2015. So take that for, for what it's worth. Defensive player of the year. I know the defense doesn't get a lot of love these days, but I got to go defensive end Montez Sweat here. Contract year. Dude's got four and a half sacks, six tackles for losses, nine quarterback hits. All of those lead the team right now. Uh, he's already halfway to a career high nine sacks with 12 games left. Nine would match his career high. So he needs five more uh, to break his career high, and he's on pace to record 15 sacks total. That is how you go out and earn yourself uh, a new contract. But, again, you can't just do it in spurts, right? Three of those sacks came in two games, and then the other two games got one and a half total, which is still not one and a half game sacks over two games isn't terrible, uh, but you want to see consistent production, right? The MVP of the team, most valuable player. Uh, we talked about this before in the show, guys. I told you that, like, pound for pound, I think the best player on this offense and on this team probably is Terry McLaurin. But I think the most valuable player on this team, the guy who's being most effective to get the offense rolling, is running back Brian Robinson Jr. This season, the Commanders are 2-0 and when Brian Robinson rushes the ball 15 or more times. Uh, those two games being week one and week two, obviously. So it's not like he's rushing the ball 15 or more times because Washington's playing with a lead either. Like this isn't Sam Howell going out there, throwing four touchdowns in the first half. And then they come out and just ride Brian Robinson in the run game in the second half. No, these are games where they're trailing or they're needing to balance out the offense or whatever's going on. So, again, rushing the ball at Brian Robinson, proving to be fruitful, not just this season, because since Robinson returned from his gunshot wounds that he suffered uh, that took the last, the first four games of his season his rookie year, Washington is 7-2-1 and one when Brian Robinson runs the ball 15 or more times. 7-2-1. and one. Uh, They're 1-6 and six when he doesn't get at least 15 touches. Uh, 15 carries. So again, could it be anecdotal? Maybe a little bit, but I think that though that stark difference in numbers shows you that this offense, it's, it runs better when Brian Robinson is involved in keeping the defense on their toes and the punishing with strong runs uh, as well. Rookie of the year, you don't really have a lot of options. You got a good cornerback, Emmanuel Forbes, and it's not like he hasn't done some good things, but obviously uh, the last couple of weeks have not been good for him. So we'll see how he comes back from the, uh, the pseudo buy. Uh, this week against the Atlanta Falcons. One interception so far this season. Five passes defense, according to uh, Stathead. Uh, 19 tackles, two tackles for loss. Interesting to note, the last Washington DB to have five or more passes defense in the first five games of the year, according to Sports Info Solutions, uh, was Bashad Breeland in 2015 and Josh Norman in 2016. So he is our rookie of the year so far. And, you know, Quan Martin is still getting special teams reps only, uh, you know, uh, Braden Daniels on IR. Ricky Stromberg is still a backup offensive lineman. KJ Henry is, has been inactive. Andre Jones is a rotational player getting spurts. Chris Rodriguez has missed the last two games. So not a lot of options for rookie of the year. Hopefully we get a few more options as the season goes through. Coming up tomorrow, it's AAR time. We're going to take a look at the Bears' loss a little bit closer, take our first look at the Atlanta Falcons as well in terms of how they match up against the Washington Commanders. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, just throw them into the YouTube comment section on Twitter. Or text me directly by becoming a Lock Insider. Join subtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day, every day, every day, or since you're coming through on a regular basis like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs> 